Here we are for another hockey night in the jungle, where a group of never happens talk about the NHL and junior hockey, unofficially brought to you by Sauce Hockey, where we get great clothing and funny memes on their social media. We're also sponsored by Feet of Westchester. We have Rico, who played in the ACHA and High Level Amateur, and then we also have Matt, who went to Miami, Ohio, and was a diehard fan there, and is currently playing in the adult league in the northeastern region of the country. <laughs> you sound, why, does it sound like an, why does it sound like an NPR show? It's because he's so monotone right now. I don't know why. Welcome to another episode of Puck Talk, where we're here to you to talk talk to you about some of the finer points of hockey. I could have told him where you live. first but I guest, didn't. Gary Bettman. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about Gary Bettman for a second. Done nothing for the game of hockey in his last thirty years, being the commissioner of the NHL. Um, he's not no. the worst commissioner, though. I'll say that. He's not. He's not there the are, worst. But geez, there are some bad ones. Talk about not making the game exciting. Tell you Josh, that much. Josh, where do you play? I forgot where I played. He played Nowhere. in the uh, didn't play southeastern penitentiary league. penal league, yeah, penal the league. There you yeah, mm-hmm. the Fed, the Fed. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't play anywhere to be honest. That's true. So you you did the practice as hard as you could, though. You told me that tried hard to practice. It's about all. <laughs> I, it's the only ice I saw, other than after the game. Um, well, what's on slate for today, Josh? Yeah, so we can talk a little bit about Jagger. I I thought he was on a PTO, not going to lie. You're not the only one. I've had several people mention that to me over the last like couple days. They're like, your Jagger's going to play again? I'm like, mm, no, he's not. I didn't hear that. I would have been excited if he would have. To be, like, I would have been, I would have watched the game. I think Batman to make hockey interesting and want people, like his old fans, to come back and watch it, put Jagger in a game. I was talking to people about this, and I don't remember if it was you guys or other people, but I think there's a market for like a senior league, almost like a like you know we had the alumni game the other day like for the Flyers. Teams. Yeah, like not a lot of teams. You just get you know bunch of old vets that want to play. You can establish an age like a World bracket. Cup kind of. Yeah, like a World Cup maybe. Yeah, play like ten games a season, have playoffs, just a tournament. Yeah, just a tournament. It, it doesn't have to be alumni rosters either. You can treat them like actual teams where you have like a general manager and stuff, and they're only playing ten games a season. You know, they can fly wherever they need to fly and still live wherever they live. I feel like there's a market for that. A minimum, a minimum of two hundred NHL games. Yeah, you can't ice like whatever dog shit the Bruins put out there in the, their alumni game they just had against the Flyers. I, dude, I fancy myself a hockey fan. And I know I'm not alone. I was struggling to tell you who the majority of their team was besides Ray Bork. I couldn't I like I had no idea who most of the guys were. Cam Neely. He I he didn't know if he was, I was, like, he, he, was he didn't Lucic, he was like the general there? manager. No, Lucic wasn't there. It was a bunch of dudes. I feel like it was like their fourth lines from the eighties. But there were some younger guys there. Who's uh Milbury? Milbury there? No, he Mike Milbury. I, that guy, I bet that guy can barely walk, let alone play in an alumni game. Well, I mean, he can he can walk up onto the stage and he, make he crazy takes. Shoe. He can climb over the boards and attack a fan with his with a shoe. <laughs> I watched it. I can, I can watch it again. I say that actually it. that actually sounds cool. So that's a great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I just. For funsies, I was Googling um, why Ermi Yager is in the Hall of Fame as of this juncture. Does anybody know exactly why? He hasn't retired yet. Right, yeah, but the, the stipulation is three seasons. And in, that's not the point I wanted to bring up. The point I wanted to bring up is actually less enthusiastic, but just as funny. Um, the One of the things that I saw that somebody Googled is, quote, who is the 51-year-old hockey star who won't quit? That sounds like a book. <laughs> they almost could have said that about Gordy Howe, though, too. Well, the, Gordy <laughs> Howe was... All right, because I actually had this exact conversation today with my brother, right? So, to my knowledge, the story goes, 
Gordie Howe retires from the NHL. He joins up with the Hartford Whalers to play with his sons in the WHA. Correct. Right. The merger happens where the NHL merges with the WHA. And he had been out of the league, I guess, for an acceptable amount of time to have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, in which he then was absorbed into the NHL again and played in the league as an active Hall of Famer, which I'm going to get to a trivia question in a second. But, um, so he plays in the league as an active Hall of Famer, and the year that they get absorbed back in the NHL, the All-Star game is being held in Detroit, of all cities, and he makes the All-Star game. If you've never seen the video of him getting a standing ovation at the All-Star game when they announced the lineups, it's pretty fucking awesome. I've seen so, it. It was like a long, like, it was almost like the standing over that Maurice Richard got that one time in Montreal. Did you ever see that right, one? Right, yeah, yeah. So it was like say, it was like 15 minutes of just clapping. It, dude, they just didn't stop. It's amazing. There's a lot more to that too. Um, it's in the movie called Mr. Hockey, the Gordie Howe story, by the way. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I wouldn't say like cinematic history or anything, but it's just a cool like autobiography kind of movie um of the story. But he was told by the NHL if he left to the WHA, he would never go back to the NHL. It's over. They lied. Yeah, yeah. clearly. <laughs> Clearly yeah. they lied, but yeah. So watch that movie. Give that a watch, guys. If you have some time to kill, great film. Um, Which actually, real quick, just to interject for a second, my trivia question is: So Gordy Howe uh, played in the NHL as an active Hall of Famer. That's only been done by one other person. Do you guys know who the other person is? I do know because we talked about it earlier today. Good answer. But I guessed it right. All the same. You did guess it right, Josh. Do you know? I would have to say Roberto Luongo. That, that's yeah. not true. Totally. And, and speaking of which, while we were talking about Yager coming in and skating with the Pens, Luongo went and skated with the, the Panthers a couple weeks ago as well. He skated out as a forward, though, right? No, he was goalie. Yeah, he had the gear on. So that's pretty cool. But no, I, I honestly do not know. So we can hold on to that one till the end. Love that. All righty. Um, but yeah, Yager looked good in the skate too. I saw a couple clips from it. He looked better than Phil Kessel looked in Abbotsford. Oh boy. I bet one of them is Yammer Yager and the other one is Phil Kessel. Yager's probably in better shape now than Kessel ever has been. Well, and that's yeah. not that's not a slight against Kessel either. That's just Yager being that's exactly what yeah, I meant. Yager's a like, machine. Yager is one of those Eastern European like oxen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean he's still playing, so he's still training. Like and uh, I mean, aren't there players saying his training regiment's like one of the craziest in the history as well? I'd love to see Yarmir Yager and Gary Roberts just get into a workout routine and just see who lasts longer. Gary yeah. Roberts was a stud. I know. He's the one who trains like Steven Stamkos and like all those other guys. He's a huge workout dude for like specifically NHL players. And he's based out of Toronto now. Billy is all right. Sorry, I was changing the topic there. I just something crossed my mind. Is Philly actually fighting for a playoff spot right now? Right. Yep. 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 I to wouldn't do what? have thought that. To do what though? Oh, just to be mediocre. Get rid of get a bad draft pick like always. Uh-huh. See, my thought is playoff be, experience can never hurt, but yeah, if they to can play get, as you're about to trade. Well, no, if they can get some you know, like they're talking about unloading guys like Sean Walker or Scott Lawton, like decent players. Sean Walker is one of those guys. I was having this conversation with my buddy last night. Flyers always seem to get these guys from other teams who are just like, you know, average. And then they come here and have like career years. And then the Flyers lock them up to like 10 year, 10 year deals. Danny Breer. And Danny Breer was good. And he had, he was the captain of the Buffalo Sabres when they, I think they won the president's trophy that year in 2007 or something. Yeah. And so he was, he was decent for a long stretch, Uh, but like to prove, to prove your point, I was, I just had a name on the tip of my tongue and your Danny Breer comment threw me off. Come back to me, Matt. Was it uh, Jody Shelley? No, it wasn't. Um, It was a defenseman. 
Was it Darian oh, Hatcher? Andrew McDonald. Oh God, he sucked. He he didn't even have a career year. He just led the league in blocked shots. And Paul Holmgren was like, "Do you want five million dollars a year for the rest of your life?" The and Flyers. Like, sure. They had a lot of defensemen like that that were just good at getting in the way. Like the one year they had, I think, on the same team that McDonald, Nicholas Grossman, and uh, yep. and Luke Shen all on one team. It's like, that can is you, not a lot of puck movement. It's not a lot of speed, puck movement, or really brain cells. Did you have Pronger on that team too? No. Uh, he was technically still on the roster, but he was in the middle of his uh, concussion issues. Oh, he was getting ready to get dealt to Phoenix. <clears throat> or he would make yeah. his triumphant return and get his number retired with all the other great players. Yeah, Datsu, Kosa. Who else do they have? Uh, Shea Weber? Or didn't he just get traded to Vegas? I forget. I think he just got I traded he's to in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. And then there's rumors patches going to Vegas too, guys. The Washington Which, Capital. What is patches making these days? I mean, no. He, I, I think the last that. deal I can remember, I think he signed like a two million deal, something small. Two million. The last it was something I very rem- small. The last thing I remember him making was five four, but that was before anything recent. So. And I do yeah. want to say, I think the owner of the Capitals came out and said they're not yeah, going to put Ovechkin to a rebuild. Deal. Well, good luck with that. No, I, exactly. Like, you um, can only do so much. Right? Well, and, like, here's the other thing. It's, like, to the owners out there, stay in your lane. None of you or very few of you are genuine hockey people. So, like, to say that your team's not going to do something that they're inevitably going to have to do based off of life cycles that you can't avoid, like... Good luck. Uh, that's all I have to say to you is good luck. Also, patch ready $2 million this year. You yeah. at the end of the year. So, I mean, mean, that's just a straight playoff trade. Yep. Yep. But, I mean, what I mean, has he done in his, anything? He had 37 points in 39 games in 21-22. Billy might I mean, be an option for him. I don't see Philly expending assets for no. that level of help. I think Briere's pretty much come out and said that they're not going to like buy anything significant. I don't think they're going to stick with what they have. I'm see what the they right move. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Philly has five and a half in cap space right now. Well, that's probably LTIR money. Who's dead? God. I think uh, team. they lost. I don't know what the Carter Hart contract situation is, but I imagine that's off the books right now. There's yeah, the the league granted cap alleviation to the teams with players involved. I saw that. So that's a thing. Um, So that's the five million right there. I don't. Yeah, I mean they don't have any other significant. Ryan Ellis. 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 Let's not even count him. Ryan Ellis is six million off the books. Six and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, they're look at their roster. They just re-signed like Tippett to a six and a half million dollar deal. But who else on that team's making any money? Couturier. Couturier's Travis Sandheim. Couturier's making basically eight four round up. Ristolainen, Sandheim. Uh, Risto, I forgot about him. Yeah, I forgot about Joel Farabee. So, like, let's just pay attention to people making five plus. Ristolainen, Sandheim. Couturier, Atkinson, Konechny, Farabee are all making five plus. And then Ellis. And Ellis, yeah. And apparently, Cal Peterson. Oh, and you're retaining Kevin Hayes' salary, which is three and a half. Cal Peterson's making $5 million. Yeah. I think he's also, the only reason he's even in the NHL right now is because of the Carter Hart situation. Because he was in... in, uh, He's an emergency loan. Yeah, the status is emergency loan. How is his con? His NHL contract is five million dollars. That's why they they traded. They got him in that deal. Oh, because they were eating cap to get more. They were eating salary to get more in a trade. Who signed him? Oh, it was the Kings. No, I know, but he's asking who was it? Oh, Rob um, Blake. It was Rob Blake. Three years, fifteen million dollars. Wow. Holy shit. Oof. Dean Lombardi. No, nope. Rob Blake. That's brutal stuff right there. Goalies are always, I feel like, uh, it depends on the market and who's around. 
at I any mean, time that they're signed. I mean, look, Ilya Brzgalov was signed for like $9 million a year. I mean, yes. he was also unreal that year, too, on his contract. Was he? Year. He in Columbus? Yeah, he, he was, was unreal. Not, he was, no, Brzgalov, not Brzgalov. Oh, sorry, he sorry, was sorry, in, sorry. He was he in was Phoenix. In Phoenix. And he, he was playing really good there, too. He was coming off of Vesna. He was a Vesna finalist that year. And I think the year before, too, was he not? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he was a Vesna finalist that year, though, which is basically why he got Bucos and Bucks. All right, fine. But still, my point still stands. You get goalies that are a lot of goalies that are signed to bad deals just if they've had a couple good seasons. 100%. You get goalies that are signed to bad deals after having half decent seasons, just as Edmonton Oilers with Jack Campbell. Yeah, I can think of a couple stats. guys. So he played for Phoenix in 10 11. He had a 9 2 1 save percentage, 2 4 8. 10-11, and then the year before in 9-10, he had a 9-2-0 save percentage. Yeah, he was good in Phoenix. He was pretty good in Anaheim, if I remember correctly. He won a cup. He was 9 9 in Anaheim. It wasn't amazing. He only played nine games in 07 08 so, 7 My played. thing is that the the styles of play of those teams lent itself better to him having good numbers. He had good numbers in Edmonton. I don't too. even think it was the styles of play of those teams. We're talking about Brzgalov. Brzgalov exactly. never played Edmonton or Minnesota. Yeah, I think when later 2013 and 14. Oh, okay. I thought you yeah. meant before. I thought you meant before. No, it's after he lost his head. But that's what I'm saying is I actually don't think it had to do with the systems because the, the, the Flyers team that he joined was not a. Are you going to say the Flyers team was bad? They weren't they, bad. They were great. They were great, right? So, yeah. like, I think my personal opinion is the media cracked him and he never recovered. Like, that's just, I think that's just what I saw. And I'm like, I was watching the same newsreels you were, you were seeing being from Philly. Like, he had no pressure in Phoenix. Can we all agree on that? There's no, no pressure in Phoenix or, 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 or Anaheim. Or yeah. Anaheim. They're, I mean, they were contending for playoff teams, but he wasn't the J.S. Jaguar was the guy, right? So for, there was no pressure for him. And then you he gets also, to Philly, and he has to be the guy. He has to earn his contract, this, that, and the other. And then 24-7 happened, and I think that honestly was the worst thing that could have happened to the guy. Is he? But everybody no, just saw him on. as a space cadet. Hold on. He went to Edmonton in 13-14, played 20 games, had a 9.08 save percentage. Yeah, that's. But I mean, how many years but after that? What that What was, was the league? You got to look at the rest of the league, though. What was the league average save percent? Because this fluctuates, and I guarantee you that was near the bottom. Nine oh eight. I'm telling you, dude. Back that that was like that was a good save percentage. Well, hold up. Let me just see this. What year are we talking about? 2013, 2014. Yeah. I was gonna say 2014 Vesna winner. I'm gonna look up his stats. I want to see what the best was. Harry Letton in 919. All right, maybe I'm wrong, but I figured back then there was a period of time where there was like le- defense around the league was a lot higher in terms of goals against. And it feels like now it's sort of shifted the other way. I mean, I guess Cam Talbot had a 941. No, dude, I'm looking at the Vesna trophy right now. So this is. Let me, let me 2013-2014, we agree that's the right year. In the voting, Tuka Rask had 103 votes to Simeon Varlamov's 90, Ben Bishop's 32, and Carey Price's 26, and some other ones. Um, Tuka Rask had 930, Simeon Varlamov had 927, Ben Bishop had 924, Carey Price had a 927. Actually, towards the bottom. That's what I said. He was towards the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. But he also played a lot, a lot of games. He was, I mean, he he wasn't expected to be like Tukarask or like Bishop or Price. So I mean, I guess nine oh nine if he's a backup because who was he also backing had up? The most Devin... game, he had the second most games played though. Who was his backup? Dubnik. Third most at that point because I guarantee you he was no because he got it was Minnesota and Edmonton that year. Minnesota, was that still Backstrom at that point? I don't remember when he retired. Minnesota. Darcy Kemper? I have no idea. Foster. But my point is, is that they brought him in as like an experiment because he 
got bought out in that compliance buyout from the from the Flyers. So it was sort of like a low risk. All right, Minnesota move. Wild. Let's see. Doesn't has Harding, Kemper, Backstrom, Pizgalov. Yeah. Wow, all four of them, huh? And yeah, Darcy Kemper and John Curry and Backstrom. Twenty. So Ken- Kemper probably didn't get a lot of games that did he? Because he was still relatively young back then. And then. I know Harding, that was the year I think he got diagnosed with MS or whatever. Yeah, he had, that was brutal, dude. He had just come off a career year. And yeah, then, Edmonton like, the beginning Dubnik. of the season gets diagnosed. Edmonton had Dubnik, LaBarbera, Jason LaBarbera, Scrivens, and Ben Scrivens. Wow, what a name. LaBarbera so, for a lot of teams, by the way. He did? Oh, yeah. He was when I was in the middle of playing Puck Doku all the time. He was yeah. like my go-to guy. I for would all. just throw him in there, <laughs> Dude, like, oh, I'll take a shot. <laughs> ready? I'm I'm looking at the the stats for all of the goalies for that year in Edmonton. Devin Dubnik at an 8.94 save percentage through 32 games. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Ben Scrivens at a 9.16 save percentage through 21 games. Briscoff at a 9.08 through 20 games. Victor Foss, a 9-14 through 7. Uh, Jason LaBarbera, 8-70 through 7. And Richard Bachman, 9-16 through 3. Richard Bachman. That's like Stephen King's uh, pseudonym. Did you know that? No. Yeah. When he wanted to write books under, like, out of his, like, normal yeah. thing, he would call himself Richard Bachman. That's amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know he played for the Oilers. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know. So Bachman is also coaching the Iowa Wild right now. As a Whoa. Coach. Well, you know what they say. Those who can't do, teach. Holy right, shit. While wow. we're talking about goalies, though, real quick, you guys saw Thelanus Olmark. Yeah, it was stupid. I, I mean, I think it's definitely a penalty. I, like, first, I the first. He got fined. The first blow to the head, incidental. Second incidental. blow to the head, intentional. Yep. But I feel like that minimal ha- contact. Though, yeah, I feel dude. like that happens. There's a pile up in the crease. I feel like that happens a lot. Glance right. blow. It didn't even like hit him hard. I guess they're punishing intent more than result. That's what okay. I got. Did he even get that. a penalty in the game? No, but that doesn't always indicate that. Then they shouldn't be something... able to find him. Yes, I don't. Buy no, I don't I agree don't, with I, that. I don't buy that at all. That's what the fines are for. Is for shit that doesn't necessarily get caught out in the game. Yeah. But was it worth the fine? I don't think it justified the fine in this no. case. I, but in this general, why, I think the fines. This is are... why the league needs to step back and let the players police themselves to an to an extent. So I say, players play, leagues police, or no, never mind. They don't police. We don't want them policing shit. Yeah, we don't want them around the fucking game. They're ruining the game. That's right. I think. I think, I think, I think what Allmark did was fine. Honestly, saying don't fuck. I mean, because you're a goalie. It's still old time hockey though. Don't don't fucking hit him. Omar could have brought out like a scythe and cut his head off and be like, oh, it's fine. It's all within the realm. No, no. Players police themselves. There's a line. There's a line. I don't think he crossed the line. I don't think so either. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I think what I see is I see the league looking at it and being like, okay, the first one we all agree is incidental. The second one is not. And that second one is a, is a light switch. Yes or no. If the answer is yes, it's like incidental. Then we, we move on. If the answer is no, it's not incidental. Then they're going to sit there and be like, okay, we're trying to eliminate this play from the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Then that's what they find. And it was yeah, a crime of passion. No, listen, they're gonna eliminate that play from the game. I'll be real. They're they're gonna make sure that the next guy that does what Allmark does does it right, and the guy won't be having any teeth. That's all I'm saying. They're yeah, gonna make it worth their while. Idea. They're gonna make it worth their while if they know they're just who gonna get he, a fine. Who did he right? hit again? I can't remember who did he hit. Uh, I'd have to pull it up. I don't remember. Um, one sec here. It wasn't like a Marchand or somebody like that, was it? I no. Think it was. It was it wasn't a nobody, really, was it? I'm not saying a nobody, but not somebody that like a Brad Marshawn. Everybody wants to knock their teeth. I can't even remember. Tamont or something. Tampa Bay. Oh, it was uh, the hell. Tamont. I I Tamont. Michael. Michael Eismont. 
Eismont. That's not who I thought it was. That's who it was. Well, maybe he needs to I'm think about what he did. Next time, Omark, or the goalie that does that, they're going to make it worth the $5,000 fine. And that's fine. <laughs> Get it? But <laughs> That's fine, but yeah. I, um, I, I don't know. I'm fine like with as long as it's not a suspension, a fine is that's five thousand dollars like pocket change to Linus Allmark. It kind of reminds me of the slash Jamie Ben had in the playoffs like two years ago or the year ago, where he slashed somebody in a game and he got five thousand dollars. A five thousand dollar fine for a slash, even though he tripped a guy. He wiped his ass with the five grand first. Well, probably he's making a boatload of money over there. But well, I mean, we're talking about goal scorers and Jamie Ben or Jamie. Jamie Ben used to be a goal scorer. What about Jordy Ben? He was better, I think. The defenseman? Yeah, what about what about Ben Eager? He was better than all three of them. Well, didn't Jordy go to the Stanley Cup final? So what? So so did Michael Layton. Well, one Jamie Ben so did also did. Yeah. Against Tampa at the beginning of the reign. That was the COVID thing. Yeah, that was the bubble. Um, But while we're talking about goal scorers, what about Austin Matthews? Back to back hat tricks. Back to back jacks. He's he's a he's somebody I never thought would be as good as he is. If that sounds dumb, considering his pedigree and where he was taken, his pedigree. I yeah. think he's first overall pick coming up out of like. I mean, didn't he score a hat trick his first game too? I don't know. He had four goals his first game. Yeah, it was against Ottawa. We, we won that game, just saying. But like, yeah, that he did. I remember watching his highlights and then being like, this kid's shot is just out of this world. Like out of this world. And then he I remember when he elected to not go. I forget what the up. option. He yeah, he didn't go play Canadian juniors or NCAA. He didn't stay in North America. He went and played in Switzerland. His like 18, like the year he turned like 18, and he played against men, like in a men's, like an his adult draft league, year. Yeah. his draft year, and then came back and was like more, like more ready, in my opinion. And then he showed up his first game, he had four goals against the Sens. And Can then, you believe that Winnipeg fans were saying that Line A is better. Well, you're time, always gonna have that. I honestly happen. didn't know because Line's release is also ridiculous. But like Austin Matthews, I mean, is he's just in my opinion, he it's like Connor McDavid's at the top of the iceberg. And then you have like your McKinnons, Matthews, and Kucherov, and then it's kind of like everybody else. Right, mean, Crosby up there too. Yeah, I mean Matthews has 48 goals. He has nine more goals than Sam Reinhardt. And how many of those goals are power play goals for Sam Reinhardt? 22. You're not a guy who discounts power play goals, are you? Like, come on. No, no but I mean, you can definitely sit there and find a niche on the power play. I like, mean, it's like looking at Ovechkin on the power play, dude. He sits in the same spot in one team. Well, you, that's where uh, guys like just think it's Sam Ferris does the same thing, but like they Braden also. Shen. That's when you start to look at like five on five goals, too. Is you're like, okay, is this guy more towards a specialist or is he actually producing? Yeah, yeah, Justin Schultz. Just it's weird to me that Austin <clears> Matthews <throat> is dominating with in goals this year, but then he's twenty-three goals be or points behind in in the points race. I mean that tells me mainly one thing and that's a one trick pony. It well it's a good yeah, trick. Yes and no. It's like it's like does he create on his own for himself? Yes. For others, I think to lead to Matt's point, I'm not really sure about. But the other thing is is like what real weapons does he have consistently? I don't know what they're I like is O'Keefe keeping Nylander with him 100% of the time? Is Mitch Marner playing center 100% of the time? Let's look I mean, at him and Nylander have the same amount of points, so I'm guessing they're playing together. They're playing together, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, so that's that's probably how that's going. So, I mean, then I, I get that. Nylander's setting him up, and he's pulling the trigger, and it's working. 
but you can't, what's weird is the points is oh, no, Matt, so right now the, as of last game Marner is playing on Matthew's wing with Matthew Nyes Knyes. Max Domi centering William Nylander and Tyler Bertuzzi for a guy like for a guy like Matthews though it's not like you're talking about some just random player you got like he should be able to create for others as well if you're I feel like if you're that talented of a player and I'm looking he's a first overall pick I'm going to compare him probably unfairly to another first overall pick who I I've hated his whole career but I got respect for him you got Sidney Crosby playing with absolute dog shit most of the time they're not the same player. I know they're not the same player. Counter. They're definitely not the same player for sure. Crosby's like I Crosby's a generational talent. Matthews is a generational like goal scorer, I think. But they're not on the same level when you're talking about overall skill. No, no, no. I mean Crosby plays defense. Well, we know that. And that's and like he I said, can pass too. He can pass as he well. He can do like, everything. He's yeah. he's the total package. He's fucking phenomenal. But what's crazy is Nikita Kucherov. 94 points, right? He's in the discussion for goals. He's third in goals. He's amazing. Kucherov's he's a Hall of Famer. And he's dominating. That's crazy to me, too. Points. Where was he, like, sixth round pick? Fourth, maybe? Could have been sixth? I, I honestly I don't, don't know. That, I always hate that shit. The Flyers never hit on a guy like that. And then let's look at the goaltending real quick. So, I mean, looking at... 58th Hill, overall. Looking at Aiden Hill's stats, though, real quick. 2.06 goals against. Save percentage, 9 point, or point nine three one. Vegas? Is Vegas going for it again? Do you think they have the team to do it? Depends what's in the script. Did Gary write up a repeat? So, yeah, Kucherov was a second-round pick. Oh, who am I thinking yeah. of? I'm thinking of... Uh... Not even close, but guy used to play on Tampa. I think Andre Palat was like a seventh round pick. Henry Andre Palat had a couple of fucking great years for them. So I used to be. rock him. I used to stream him, Andrew Kalorn, so nobody would pick him up, and I just like pick him up all the time. Yeah, Palat was a seventh round pick. That's definitely what I was thinking of for some reason. I don't know how you get those two mixed up, though. They're not even remotely close. No, not even a little bit. Connor Hellybuck is having a great year. Aiden Hill, I didn't think Aiden Hill's numbers would be as good as they are. But I think, I think he's got I think he, on a different team, it's different. Yeah, exactly. I think that that team is as dialed in as it gets. And Jay Quick is hot as fuck right now, too. He's so hot right now. He's not so Jay Quick. Right I mean, I didn't think Jay Quick would be producing real numbers. Neither did. I guarantee he probably Wesley. didn't either. Yeah. Um, and Joey DeCord up there in goals against average. Third in the league. That's weird. And save percentage. So is, is Seattle that good? I don't think they're that good. I just think the West is also he, still pretty bad. I don't think he's got a ton of games played. I think they've been kind of like using the committee. I mean, Seattle's in fifth in the Pacific. Well, who's I know, I'm just points. saying, I think, because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Joey Decord, like, he, he might have 15 games 20 games, I think, would be high. Who's their other goalie? Is it still Grubauer? Yeah. I'm pulling up Joey's. He might, I don't know if he's hurt or not. Joey DeCourt, 37 games this year. Oh, no shit, really? Mm hmm Wow, okay, so I was wrong. I thought that he had way less games played. I mean, last year he had five. But he started 34 games this year, and he's played 37. That's wild, man. Wait, what? So Grubauer is where? I don't even know where Grubauer is at on the list. No, I mean just like in general, is he hurt? Oh, I don't even know. Let me let me try and pull it up here. Um, Philip Grubauer, German goalie, by the way. Yes, he is. I mean, he's played eighteen games. He on December tenth, he suffered a lower body. No, oh, the old LBI, the Paul Holmgren special. Oh, that could be goddamn anything. Injury. Yeah. His last game was a week ago. I don't know. On December 10th, he was activated off the IR. And I think that's how uh, I think that's how Paul Holmgren said Chris Pronger was hurt after he took the stick to the face. LBI. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pronger's going to be out for forever. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks. The lower body LBI. injury. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, he played February 13th in his last game before that was December 9th, and he got pulled early, I believe, from that because he played 39 minutes and only allowed two goals. So, yeah. I don't know. He's a Suns legend. He's already cored. I don't think – I don't think Seattle's that good of a team this year. They might squeak in because of their division and conference. I think they could. I just think Calgary might be able to inch them out also because Calgary's right right there with them. And, I mean, you have Nashville and St. Louis as well and Minnesota fighting for the wild card spot. None of those teams impress me, though. They're all at or above Seattle. I'm including Seattle in that statement. Seattle doesn't impress me. I think last year was a good run they had in the playoffs, but uh, I'm not. I've never been fond of Seattle. You don't say. I've never heard you ever disparage them. And I mean, while we're talking about this, first in the league, Vancouver? First in the league? Did they clinch a playoff spot already? My God. 56 games played. 80 points, their goal differential, plus 59. Yep. Best in the league. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, like, nobody... Expected that? Well, kind of. I was going to say, it was like, nobody thought that Vancouver didn't have pieces. Everybody knew that Vancouver had pieces of Pedersen and Hughes and And um, Demko. And the thrill, or they're looking to add fill the thrill? Just saying. I'd be looking to add Yager. If I'm looking to add any former Penguin slash Bruin. He hasn't played in Vancouver. He hasn't played in in Vancouver yet. So, just saying. Just another another team to add on this Hall of Fame banner. Another team to retire his jersey. Little 68. Um... Does anybody even wear it? I feel like that's like unofficially retired. Sixty-eight. Yeah, I think, I think I, like the last person up. that I knew wore number sixty-eight was Mike Hoffman. Well, he's still in the league, so probably him, I guess. In the NHL, because at one at one point in time, the Sens had Eric Carlson at sixty-five, Mark Stone at sixty-one, and Mike Hoffman at sixty-eight, and we had like oh, I was like, what are these numbers? Zygmunt Palfy wore 68. Oh, Ziggy. Ziggy Palfy. He was money, dude. They definitely, he definitely Palfy. didn't wear that. He didn't wear that in Pittsburgh, though, did he? It was probably an island. Michael Duco wore it for the Panthers and Canucks 2009 to 2012. My old roommate in college had a New York Islanders fisherman jersey, Ziggy Palfman, Ziggy Palfy jersey. It was so sick. I loved it. He was a good player. I don't see anyone that's like currently wearing it. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it's one of those numbers that sort of got unofficially retired because of everybody's respect for for Yogs. I don't think it's out of respect. I think it's just a weird jersey. It is a weird number for sure. It's it's it is like kind of an out there number, but that I think even adds more to the fact that nobody wants to wear it because like it's 68. You associate that with one guy. I exactly. I mean, you don't I, see it, guys wearing sixty six either. That's oh. exact. That's literally took the words right out of my mouth. And it's like these numbers to Matt's point or to Josh's point are like they're absurd numbers, right? Nobody wears sixty six. Nobody wears sixty eight. But I think these guys made it popular, and then now it is taboo, untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, well, Rico, do you want to give the answer? To your oh, this training. is actually a great segue to that answer. Yeah. So, who was the other, only other player in NHL history to play in the NHL after they were an active Hall of Famer? Oh, McDonald. Yes, right, Andrew McDonald. Right, Flyers legend Andrew McDonald. Or are you no. talking about a- Andy McDonald, former St. Louis Blues legend and, and Anaheim Ducks legend? Remember him? You don't remember Andy McDonald? He was a good I player. I do. Yeah, he won a couple. Oh, no he was the Bruins, right? No, he was he on the Ducks. Ducks and the Blues. He was playing on the Blues when Paul Correa was on the Blues. 
Yeah, good player. That's why I was excited when I thought the Flyers traded for him. And no, they just got the shitty defenseman from the Islanders. You guys want to talk about a great St. Louis oh. Blues defenseman? Who's the By the way, the answer, the answer, Josh, is Mario Lemieux. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Oh, I remember. I watched that fucking game. Yeah, remember oh he, had, he had... He came out or, Yep, he came out. Hodgkin wore the Nike Loma. helmet, the Nike stick, the Nike gloves. I remember yeah, that. he was a showpiece at that point for Nike. Yeah, he was. You know what? Everybody gives us a bad rap when he, I think... He played his final game in the NHL against the Flyers, and he got a standing ovation for like 10 minutes from our shitty fan base. We are a shitty fan base. We just did no, something right. stop it. You guys finally did something. Let me tell you something, all right? What happened Super Bowl parade this year? Uh, people shooting got Kansas shot City. or something? Yeah, do you remember how many people got shot during the Eagles Super Bowl parade? Well, it's because everybody's in the city would go to war also, against people who didn't like the Eagles. That's like the difference. Overall. How many people got injured at the Philly parade falling off poles that were greased up? That's just cool, though. <laughs> That's a victimless crime, all right? Climbing a greased light pole doesn't hurt anybody besides the climber. All right, but going back one second, that's a sad subject. I hope everybody in Kansas City is okay. And... Well, not everybody. I think there was one death. Yeah, yeah. But sad. the... Patrick Mahomes on. visited the the girls that got injured at the and Taylor Swift donated a hundred thousand. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Good that's on you. Um, who's the best St. Louis Blues defenseman of all time? Do you think? Al McInnes? Al McInnes or Chris Pronger? And I don't think it's really close because Scott Stevens wasn't there long enough to make an impact. Yeah, I was gonna say Al McInnes for sure. Or Jeff w- Jeff Wilicka. Spell his name, please. Uh, W-O-Y-W-I-T-K-A. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you could also put Al McInnes, a dub guy, by the way, as... Calgary? A Calgary Flame. I, I guess uh, Atlanta he, back he, then? He's actually more of a Calgary. Flame than he is than he is a Blue, if you believe that. And but I the, think he got more popular. Because of the blue. slap shot in the All-Star game. Yeah. yeah. He became more of a national name in St. Louis, but he won a playoff MVP and a Stanley cup with the flames and Lanny McDonald and all those guys. So I think it'd be really hard to take that away from him. Oh, for sure. I I wouldn't try to take that away from him. He beat my ass. Dude. I, I sat there. I had the privilege when I was younger to meet Al McGinnis. I'm going to tell this story. Uh, I think this is appropriate interjection. So Al McGinnis's brother uh, worked for my dad's company and there and there was an all-star game, a local college all-star game held at Ice Line in Westchester. And Al's brother calls my dad and he's like, Hey, listen, Al's gonna be at Ice Line. Uh, bring Rico. Don't tell anybody, just show up. So my dad's <laughs> like, Okay. Um, I uh, me and my dad, my brother show up, and my skin is like, dude, I don't get nervous in front of people, dude. I, I had like goose flesh. I was like so pumped to go meet Al McGinnis. This was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me at this point. So we, I walk, we walk in the front doors of Ice Line and there's that long hallway to the left and Al McGinnis is down to, in between ranks two and three. And he's just like standing there watching like one of the screens or whatever. And I'm blown away. I'm like, this dude is an active Hall of Famer in an ice rink and he's not surrounded by people. Like, well, it's yeah. like I, I think hockey's tough to recognize like guys because I mean they're wearing helmets and shit on the ice. You can recognize a lot of local guys. There's certain guys you can't mistake. Like I saw Danny Briere once in the lobby of Iceland. I can't yeah, not recognize him. Jamie Lundmar, a couple other guys. Yeah, I saw John LeClaire at Iceland. I can't not recognize him. But like Al McKinnis is like an older generation player. I don't know. Anyway, so let me get back to this story, right? So I'm sitting there and we meet Al and we go into rank three where we're watching the game and it's his son. His son is not Ryan. The one who got drafted by the coyotes in the fourth round. Um, his other, his, I think it was his older son was playing in a, like an all-star game, like a, a, like an ACHA all-star game, whatever they're having at Iceland. So that's why he was there. And uh, so we go in and the stands go all the way or it's rank four. The stands go all the way back to the right. 
and Al posts up in the corner. I stand next to Al, and then there's probably like an entire chunk of bleachers and then the rest of everybody else. So it's literally just the two of us hanging out. And uh, the first thing he says to me before the puck drops, he leans over and goes, can you do me a favor? I'm like, Mr. McGinnis, sure. Like, what, what can I do for you? And he goes, if I start to get uppity, can you just remind me that this is Division Two? And I started <laughs> laughing. I was like, absolutely, Mr. McGinnis. That's something I can do. I, it's in my wheelhouse. I can do that. Do you guys so, think Brett Hall had Al McGinnis brought to St. Louis? Probably. Um, anyway, so we're, uh, we're watching this game. We're watching this game and like, I'm kind of like letting him just like enjoy the game. And like every now and again, he kind of like, he'll like, like touch, I'm saying like a, like a bleacher in front of him. He'll like, like butt nudge my shoulder and he'll just be like, yeah, did you see that? Like, you know, it shouldn't have done this. Like, and he was like expressing his frustrations out on the plays to me. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like the, like this dude's like opening up hockey knowledge to me, like a book. So eventually after like a couple periods, I'm like, Mr. McGinnis, I don't like, I, I, I I've been dying to ask you one question. And he, he leans over, he goes, like, you want to know about the cup? And I was like, actually, no. And he goes, okay. And I was like, I want to know what it was like to play against Wayne Gretzky on a nightly basis. And he laughs and he leads back and he goes, so there's coaches in the NHL, you know, they're pretty good. I started laughing. I'm like, yeah, they're, you know, they're not bad average. They're the best in the world. So like, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. And he goes, the players, they're, uh, they're not bad either. Like, yeah, you know, they're, yeah, they're good. And he's like, so what do you do when, the best players and the best coaches in the world have no answer for someone. I was like, I don't know. What do you do? And he looks at me and goes, you basically lose. I was like, like, dude, like what? And he elaborated a little bit and he goes, how do you prepare for somebody that is always behind you? And I was like, I don't have an answer for that. I, I honestly, I don't think you can. Like, I honestly don't. If he's always behind you, it's a constant losing battle, right? You can't, like, even the fastest person in the world is going to have to turn around. And even those those milliseconds, the guys can get a jump. So I was like, you can't. And he goes, exactly. And that's what we did. We basically lost. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this dude is one of the Olympic gold medalists Stanley, Stanley Cup MVP, Cup. Stanley Cup winner, Norris Trophy winner. He, he's done all of the things. And he's talking about this guy like he's a cheat code in a video game. And I'm like, so I started going back and I like started watching Wayne Gretzky highlights like more in depthly. And you notice, dude, he's he's invisible for the first 90% of the highlight reel. And then all of a sudden he gets the puck and in very short order, everything happens. And you start to notice that like he's in every soft spot. He's everywhere that nobody knows where he is constantly. He's the most aware person that's ever existed. And then he had the skills to put it all together, to put it all together. It's crazy. But that was my, that was my Al McGinnis story. That's a great story. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a, a great place to end it. What do you think? Sure. I think we, uh, we talked about you know we talked about stuff like two days ago so there's not a lot going on recently but you know I think it's good to get back in this regular cadence so I'm glad that we could we could chat. Also, I agree. Just don't don't forget that uh, Brett Holt was a sixth round draft pick. It's true. See, I look at this stuff back in those days. I feel like you could hit on those late guys a lot more. Look at Especially the, if you're drafting out of Russia. I say, look at the, the Detroit method of drafting. They were hitting on like Datsuk, Zetterberg, like also, dudes like dudes like that late rounds. And the, I feel like the world is so much more heavily scouted now. Yeah. Well, Although I mean, Brett Hall is a six round pick, doesn't make any sense because he was Bobby Hull's son. I feel like he would have just gone higher just based on I his think that didn't have a relationship, I don't think. Well, I, no, I think it was the route that he took. Wasn't he an NCAA guy for back? He went like, to the BC. 
and then NCAA, he went to UMD. Yeah, so he didn't take the clear-cut path that everybody else was going to take. He did it. He, I think he more towards trailblaze than NCAA route. And he was also born in Canada, by the way. He's got dual citizenship, yeah. But he chose USA. Well, better parking here. Yes, I, I, I don't know. Roads are easier to drive on. That's right. Well, we got potholes and shit here. Do you, dude, you think it's yes, any better up there where it's cold all the time? No. That's crazy. Anyway. Well, thanks, boys. And thanks, Have listeners. Yeah, give us a uh, like and a follow on Instagram. And I appreciate the NPR intro. Yeah, next like. next week we will be uh, interviewing uh, famed women's poet poet laureate um, Jennifer Jason Coolidge. So love, if you could... love that. And Josh is actually going to do the entire intro as if we're Pee Wee's Playhouse to set the stage. Is that NPR? No, but that we're going to switch it up. Okay. Keep the body guessing. Snap your fingers. All right, have a good evening. All right, thanks, guys. All right.